0: about our ministry, go to jwaller.com. Hold it up and say, this is God's word. It is life to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. My mind is alert. I am awake. I'll never be the same again. For I'm about to receive the everlasting, all-powerful, incorruptible seed of the word of God. Give the Lord a praise in the house if you believe it. God bless you. Go to Galatians chapter 5 as we begin this evening. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about how to be happy when you're not feeling it. How to be happy when you don't feel like being happy. To have a witness from somebody knows what that's like. Amen. That you got to put your happy face on and go to work. Put your happy face on and come to church. Uh-oh gotta put your happy face on to deal with your husband or your wife if we were truthful there are times in our life when we're not happy you know sometimes pain in your body can make you unhappy there's a lot of reasons to be unhappy but we've got every reason in the word of God to walk in joy so Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 says this but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long-suffering kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. What's the second one? Joy. Someone say joy. Joy. I don't know about you, I made a decision to live in the joy of the Lord. No matter what perspective I have, I'm going to live in joy. Put a happy face on and live in joy. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 33 says this, either make the tree good and its fruit good or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad for tree is known by its fruit. You are known by what you produce. It's not about only coming to church. It's about learning things here in church and applying them in your everyday life. So how to be happy when you're not feeling it. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I thank you that the word of God does not fall on deaf ears, but falls on good ground and bears a harvest in our life 30, 60, and a hundredfold. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone gave God a great big amen. amen. Fruit will keep you where your gift takes you. And we are known by the fruit that we bear. God judges faithfulness as fruitfulness. Well done, good and faithful servant Enter into the joy of the Lord. But when you understand the teachings of Jesus, you quickly understand that he speaks about faithfulness as fruitfulness. Not simply doing the same old thing that you've always done and not getting any results. But faithfulness, he equates to fruitfulness. God wants you to be fruitful. Your anointing is not enough. You have to have character to support the anointing God has given you. So if God has given nine gifts to the church, and we love the gifts, don't we? Oh, man, the gift of faith, the working of miracles, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the discerning of spirits, speaking in other tongues, the gifts of the Spirit. There's nine gifts, but there's also nine fruits of the Spirit. And I believe if we were focused more on the fruit, we would have all the power and all the manifestation of the Spirit that we need. If we learn how to be happy, even when we're not feeling it. It is a shame that people hate their life. Because Christ died for your life. God wants us to love life. The thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, but I have come that you might have life in abundance to the full till it overflows. He doesn't want you just to have a little bit of life. He wants you to live life to the full till it's overflowing. I want to have so much joy in my life that other people get joyful in my presence. I want to have enough happiness in my life that if there are people who are unhappy, or people who are depressed, that they get lifted up simply because I am in their presence. Amen. God doesn't want you to live a depressed life. I don't care what has happened in the past. I don't care how bad it is or how bad it was. It's a new day. Amen. It's a new season. Right. Fresh anointing is coming your way. You can make a decision to live in happiness. Remember, like we talked on Sunday, from now on, laughter is our default response. I'm going to laugh my way through life. You know, on my mom's side, my great grandma, how many sisters did grandma have? Nine sisters, and they all lived well into their 90s. I mean, I'm talking outliving husbands by two and three. Cancer beat it. This problem, beat it. That problem, beat it. All lived in their 90s. And one of the things, they were all full-blooded German, you know. And uh, (laughs) so you can imagine what it was like sometimes growing up as a boy. You know, I mean, so much German that if they wanted to talk about the funny shirt you had on, they'd start speaking low German and you wouldn't know what they were talking about. Uh, But they would say, we've learned how to laugh our way through life. No matter what's happened in our life, we're going to laugh about it. We're going to have joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory, the Bible says. And they all live well lives. You can do the same thing. Put your hand right here and say, I need joy. Just say that. say, I need joy. Come on, make it a prayer. Say, Jesus, give me joy tonight. I need joy tonight. Kay Warren defines joy as this. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. It is the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. That everything is going to be all right. That everything in your life is going to be all right. And the determined choice to praise God in every situation. Joyful people go through bad things. Joyful people go through winter seasons. But they've made a decision. That they're not going to let what's happening, happening to them on the outside affect what God is doing on the inside. Joyce Meyer defines joy as this, the ability to stay stable in any difficult situation. That's a good one right there. I might write that down if I was you. I would say it again. The ability to stay stable in difficult situations. Joy is literally the positive human condition that can either be a feeling or an action. And many times you have to act joyful before you feel joyful you got to do it by faith. But whatever joy is, whatever it is, it is certainly a decision. If we are truthful with ourselves, there's a lot of things that we can be unhappy about. Happy in your marriage, unhappy with your work, what you do, unhappy with the way you look, or wish you had a different body type. Come on in here. You know, everybody on the cover of magazine, you know, they've been propped up, taped up, yep. ironed out, right. fixed, painted. Mm. And you're trying, to, you're trying to live up to something that no one can live up to. How am I doing tonight? Maybe you're unhappy because you're being controlled or you have overbearing family members. Maybe you're not happy because of where you're at in life. But the truth is we can live in the joy of the Lord. But maybe, just maybe you're not feeling it. I hear you, Pastor, but I'm just, I'm just not feeling it. Let me help you. Happiness is more than a feeling. Happiness is a choice. Happiness is a choice. Happiness is a choice. You can be in the valley of the shadow of death and still be happy. Amen. So let's talk tonight a little bit about where joy comes from, from the word of God. Number one, God is the source of all joy. If you don't understand that principle, you won't ever walk in the full measure of joy for your life. Because joy doesn't come from how much money you have in the bank. Joy doesn't come from how many friends you have. Joy doesn't come uh, from uh, what career you've decided to be in. Joy comes from God. Amen. Do you have those scriptures? Isaiah 61 and verse 10. Watch it here. It says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. My soul, my mind, my will, my emotions. They're going to be joyful in God. Amen. For he has clothed me with the garment of salvation. 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 1 says this. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in who? The Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. Everyone just put a smile on your face right now. Let me see your pearly whites. Smile a while and give your face a rest. Raise your hands to the one you love the best. Then shake hands with the one next to you. And give your face a smile. Number two. Where does joy come from? It comes from God's presence. In His presence is fullness of joy. You can have joy in other things, but not a fullness of joy. You, how many like going on vacation? Let me see a hand. Amen. How many, how many, how many like, uh, how many like the ocean? If you've ever been to the ocean before, you know. Uh-huh. I don't know about you, but we, we trying to retire, amen. Somewhere where there's sandy beaches, and we just have church out there on the beach. You can come if you want, amen. We'll be a little older by then, but uh, we'll shimmy on out there, praise God and preach and whatever else, amen. I love the, I love the, uh, I love, I love the beach. I love vacationing. And uh, but you know, as good as vacationing is, it comes to an end. How many know what I'm talking about? The night before you have to get back on the plane and go, all your joy starts leaving, doesn't it? Why? Because there's no fullness in it, there's joy there, but there's no fullness in it. But when you get into God's presence, It's joy coming, it's joy going, it's joy when you sit up, it's joy when you lay down, it's joy in the city, it's joy in the field, it's joy all the time. Because in His presence is fullness of joy. Look at your neighbor, look at him right in the eyeball and say, you need to get in God's presence. Tell him that you need to get into God's presence. Where does joy come from? Number three, living in the kingdom of God. Living in the kingdom of God. That's why if you're serving God for a long time and then something happens in your life and you take a detour and you stop coming to church for whatever reason, aren't you unhappy? I mean, tell the truth. Aren't you unhappy? Until you get back into church and there's just something about being here that makes you happy. Why? Because there's joy in the kingdom of God. There's joy in His presence. Romans four, fourteen, uh, seventeen 14, 17 says this, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You find joy in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Joy. Where does it come from? Number four. From delighting in the Word of God. I don't, I don't understand true born again Christians that don't love the Bible I I just I think that when you get saved there is a hunger and a desire for the word of God the sincere milk of the word of God because it's how you grow now you may not like sitting down and reading uh, the King James Version Bible you know your Gideon Bible you stole from the hotel (laughs) tell the truth you might not like that. But you'll find, you'll find a translation that you like. And if, you can, if it's not a translation, then you'll find somebody to read it to you on your way to work. And if that doesn't work, you'll find a preacher who will preach it to you and explain it to you. But the point is, somewhere in your life, you will have a desire for the Word of God. And if you can get into the Word of God, if you can dwell in the Word of God, if you can digest the Word of God, you begin to grow and that Word will bring joy in your life. Even when you don't understand, I don't know if you've ever been here before, but I know I've been. I don't have... I mean, if I'm looking at the outside and the flesh, I have no reason to be happy. I have no reason to have joy. And and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to have joy. uh, But all of a sudden, a scripture comes up in in my soul. All of a sudden, God speaks a word to me, and I can have joy in the midst of a storm. That comes from the word of God. Amen? Amen. Romans 7.22 says this, For I delight in the law of God according to... My inward man. My inward man delights in the word of God. Psalm 37 and 4. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Where does joy come from? Number five. From your salvation experience. I'm glad I'm saved. I mean, the worst day being a Christian is better than the best day being in the world. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad my children are growing up in the kingdom of God. Amen. Yep. I'm glad they're coming to church. Yep. Say amen to that. Amen. From our salvation experience, Psalm 51 and 12. I know I'm just laying a foundation, but hold on just a minute. Restore to me the joy. Of your salvation, This is David praying as he's repenting to the Lord. He said, I know there's some joy in my salvation experience. Restore that joy back to me and uphold me by your generous spirit. The only thing we really need to dictate our joy is the salvation experience. Knowing that you're on your way to heaven is enough to be happy. If God did not spare his own son, how shall he not freely give us all things to enjoy? Let me make a side note here. You are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a physical body. You are a spiritual being. But that doesn't mean you have to be spiritual 24 /7. <laughs> you know, I heard Daddy Hagan talking along these lines, and we have to understand that we are spiritual. But we're living in a natural world, and there's nothing wrong with enjoying some things. Some Christians need to get a life. You need to get you a Tootsie Pop, a motorcycle. Lord, speak to her in Jesus' name. Speak to her in the name of Jesus. Speak, speak, speak for your servant hears. Uh, you. you I, I don't know what it is. You might, you might like to camp. You might like to boat. You might, I don't know what it is, but you've got to have some things you can enjoy. Amen. God wants you to enjoy your life, Amen. not to be spiritual 24-7. You know, go turn the light on. Jesus said he's the light of the world. Stop all that nonsense. I need to butter my bread. Jesus is the bread of life. I just want some bread and some butter. That's all I want. You've got to learn how to enjoy life. Amen. So, let me give you five practical steps you can do to increase your joy. Five things you can start doing right here and right now to increase your level of joy. I'm not really feeling it, so how can I be happy when I'm not feeling it? Number one, stop procrastinating. I'm going to leave now because I could tell by that went. Stop procrastinating. You want joy? Stop putting off tomorrow what you can do today. Many times we're not experiencing joy because of all we know we should be doing, all that we the responsibilities that we have, we're putting them off for a later date and time. Fortune 500 companies say that you should teach your staff to do the first three things that must be done at the top of your list every day. The first three things that must be done at the top of your list every day and accomplish those things before you do anything else. Because at least you know at the end of the day you did the most important thing for the day. See, there's a difference between being busy and and kingdom business. And, And we almost use busyness as a As a badge of honor today. How you doing? Oh, busy, busy, busy. How's life been going for it? Busy, busy, busy. Just busy. We're just busy. But busyness will wear you out. The Bible says that Satan wore out the saints. Didn't happen overnight. It wasn't a frontal attack But day by day, little by little, you're doing a lot of busy work instead of being effective in the kingdom of God. And if you're putting off tomorrow, what you need to be doing today, you're going to find your joy is going to be gone. If you don't take control of your day, someone else will. Boy, I'd write that one down. I'd tweet that one. I'd Facebook that one. I'd do something with it. Proverbs 26 and 13. The sluggard says there is a lion in the road, a lion in the open square. As the door turns on its hinges, so does the sluggard on his bed. The sluggard buries his hand in the dish, and he's weary of bringing it out of it to his mouth again. Boy, that's some pretty tough words, isn't it? But it's in the Bible. Stop procrastinating. Just get it done. Stop asking yourself how you feel about it. We want victory over the devil. We don't have victory over a sink of dirty dishes. Stop procrastinating. Number two, number two. Mind your own business. You want to have joy? Look at your neighbor. Look at him right in the eye again and tell him, "Mind your own business." Have you realized how many problems you make yours that you have nothing to do with? How many issues in your life are really someone else's issue? If you want to walk in joy, you've got to learn how to mind your own business. If you want to bear the fruit of joy, you got to learn how to leave people alone. You know, Paul did say, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. See, we get condemned about all this because we're in other people's business. You hear a sister super Christian who comes in and says she prays three hours a day. And you pray for 13 minutes. You've blessed everybody from the top to the bottom of the world, including the Pope. And you're mad. I don't know where all this comes from. Amen. And, and then you're mad because you can't be like sister super Christian. Well, God may have spoken to her to pray three hours a day. She might need that because she's that crazy. But that doesn't mean you have to do it. you got to learn how to mind your own business. If you agree with me, give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you agree with it. See, when we mind our own business, it establishes our purpose and our priorities. When you're busy minding your own business, you don't have time to meddle in someone else's affairs. And you shouldn't be doing that anyway. Gossip is a sin. You don't need to talk about somebody. You're supposed to love everyone. If you if you want to live in joy, you got to learn how to mind your own business. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life to mind your own business. You didn't know that was in the Bible, but you're going to remember it now, especially when you're fighting with your husband. Amen. You're going to remember this scripture. Mind your own business and to work with your own hands as we have commanded you. Hallelujah. Number three, clean out the clutter. Some of you are mad you came right now, ain't you? Clean out the, cut, the clutter. The clutter. The something. I know what it says. You know what it says? Clean, clean out the clutter. A disorganized atmosphere is the result of a disorganized mind. We should clean out physical clutter, but more importantly, we should clean out spiritual clutter. Carrying this from this relationship and this from this relationship, and what that person said about you, and what that person said about you, and Sister Super Christian didn't shake your hand today and looked at you weird. Now you're wondering if they're mad, clutter spiritually. Just let them do what they're going to do clean out the clutter of your own life. Now, this might have some real practical applications for some of you. You might need to clean your bedroom, make your bed. Why am I going to make my bed? I'm just going to lay in it again. (coughs) And Jay said amen. Amen. See, organization is actually a spiritual concept. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says this, For he is not a God of confusion and disorder, but he is a God of peace and he's a God of order. Not everything that's given to you Or everything that you buy, you need to hang on to forever. Some some of the husbands in here, they're like, yes, Pastor, preach it. Amen. Pastor, preach it. Amen. The Bible says God gives seed to the sower. That's not always money in your pocket to give. Sometimes God gives you things through people. People actually bless you with something so that you can turn around and bless somebody else with it. But when you just hold on to it and you, ho- how many's ever watched that show Hoarders before? I love that show. But if my wife wants me to start cleaning the house, all she has to do is put that show on. I will get the vacuum out and be just be mad about it. Like how do people live like that? Lord Jesus, no, you know it smells in there. Amen. Somebody give me air freshener in here. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Clean out the clutter. Clean out the clutter in your mind. Let me help some of you. The worst place to store information is in your mind. You only have so much RAM up there that you can handle. And that's why you forget things. Let my mama lay hands on you. She's the queen of the list. She got a list for her list. She will help you out to stay organized. Amen. Amen. Write it down. Keep track of it somewhere else besides your mind. When you're going through a problem, sometimes the way to deal with the problem to figure out where you're at is to sit down with a blank piece of paper and write it out so you can see it because it infuses different parts of your brain. It enacts different parts of your brain, and you can now begin to problem solve. Clean out the clutter. 2 Corinthians 9. Verse 10, now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you've sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Maybe God has given you some things that you need to get rid of. They were there for a season, there for a time. But now it's time to clean it out and bless somebody else's life with it. Say amen to that. You might have 150 dresses in your closet. You'd be all right to give one away. Somebody else may not have one. Everybody keep your eyes right here, okay? <laughs> Dr. Earl Polk says this. He says, as children of God, our houses should be the nicest on the block, end of quote. Why? Because we're children of God. <coughs> Clean out the clutter. Number four, be satisfied with what you have. Contentment is the power twin of joy. Many of us lose our joy because we are never satisfied with anything. If we get a new car, the next year we want a different one. If we get an apartment, then we want a house. If we get a house, then we want a bigger one. And then you're mad because you got to clean it. Contentment is not the fulfillment of what you want, but the realization of how much you already have. Hebrews 13 and 5 says this. Let your character or moral disposition be free from the love of money including greed, lust and craving for earthly possessions and be satisfied with your present circumstance and with what you have. For he, God, has said I will not fail you in any way. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Enjoy what God has given you. Amen. And yeah, I know you want to press into more things. You want God to bless you and rightfully so. But you shouldn't hate where you're at right now. Amen? Right. You got to have a, but if not. Lord, I'm believing for this. I'm standing for this. But if not, I'm okay. I'm right. right, I, I, I believing you for more. But if not, I'm going to do what you call me to do here. I'm going to bloom where I planted. Amen. Say amen to that. Amen. How many know more doesn't mean happier? That's right. That's right. That's right. More doesn't mean happier. Number five. Stop doing things you don't do well. You want joy? Don't do things that you don't do well. This requires you to be humble and admit you're not Superman. If you can't sing, don't join the choir because you're going to be frustrated up there and you're going to frustrate the choir director. If you can't preach, don't go to seminary. If you can't add, get a calculator. (laughs) Help me today, Jesus. Help me. Find out where God has graced you and get busy doing what he's graced you to do. You're not graced to do everything. John Maxwell states this, frustration is the result of having the right person in the wrong position. Know what you do well. And then when you know what you do well, don't be ashamed of it. That's right. Own what you do well. There's some people in here, you are good with computers. Why are you not in the media ministry? Amen. Come on in here. Some of you don't know how to turn a computer on. We, we probably don't want you to be the web developer. Say amen to that. But there is something God has called you to do and there's something that you can do and no one else can do it like you can do it. And be okay with that. Own that. But be humble enough to say, children's ministry is not my gift. Put Pastor J back into children's ministry and when you come to pick up your kids, they all will have duct tape on their mouth. They're all going to be saran wrapped and they'll all be sitting there, amen, waiting on you. Because I am not gifted to do that. But you put me in behind a pulpit, it's like someone lit my hair on fire. I don't even have to have a scripture. I just go to preaching, amen. You don't let me preach on my sabbatical for two weeks, I'll be in the middle of the night preaching. Because it's what God's graced you to do. If you're good with young people, then you need to be a part of the youth ministry we're getting ready to start. If, you have a, if you're graced to do not everybody's graced to do that. You can't minister to young people with penny loafers on and your hair feathered back from the '80s. You, can't, you can't, I, I'm hearing all this for my from myself for the first time. You can't do that today. Solid. Nobody talk like that. If that's not your gift, but you'll find out what your gift is, and you might have to try a few things. Find out this is not my gift. And be willing to let it go. And do what you're good at. Proverbs 3 and 6. In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge Him. And He will direct and make straight and plain your paths. Do what you're good at and everything else will fall in line. God, hear me, God will not anoint you to do something that you have no talent for. When I was learning to play the piano, 12 years old, I came from our morning service. We used to have services at 10.30 and 2.30 back in those days. We'd always go to lunch. And so I came back from lunch, and I sat down at the piano, and I began to play the piano. It was a God-given gift. It just, like that. But it did not sound like it does now. You'd have been like, Lord, Jesus, are you sure you're anointed to do this? (laughs) So God, although anointed me, I had to have some talent with it. And God will anoint what you're talented to do. Amen. The Bible says make a joyful noise. That means a skillful noise unto the Lord. You want to have joy? You can make a decision tonight to be happy even when you're not feeling it. Stand to your feet with me, please. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Pastor, that's me. I need joy. If I was honest, I'm not feeling it all the time. Maybe you even feel like you're in a rut right now. You can make a decision when you leave this place to live in the joy of the Lord. Why is this so important? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's spiritual strength. It's emotional strength. It's even physical strength when you have the joy of the Lord. Pastor, I want joy in my life. Stretch your hands this way. Let me pray for you. Maybe you're watching me via the internet tonight. Stretch your hands towards the screen wherever you're at. Let me pray for you. The same anointing that's in this room can touch you wherever you're watching from. Spirit of the living God, we need joy. There's so many things in our life, so many things in our world that drain our joy. And we know if we lose our joy, Satan can have our goods. So I pray in the name of Jesus that starting today, people begin to live a happy life, a joy-filled life. Maybe they're going through things where they have every reason to be unhappy. Father, I pray that they walk through the valley and back on the mountain with you. They learn how to laugh their way through life. And that today you infuse us with a spirit of joy. Such joy that it's unspeakable and full of glory. I speak over you the joy of the Lord. And I rebuke depression out of your life, off of your mind, right now in the name of Jesus. I command you to get out of that rut and to move forward in God and live in everlasting joy. Jesus, do it in our life tonight. Do a work in our heart tonight as we receive this word in Jesus' name. Come on, give God a praise all over the house and magnify him. God bless you. (laughs) Remain on your feet. I'm not going to keep you real long. Just listen to me real quick. Every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school classes at 845 a.m. for our adults and our age groups 10 to 12. We'd love to have you be a part of that. Wednesday, March 8th, there's prayer before service at 6 o'clock p.m. We'd love to have you come and pray before our Wednesday night experience. On Thursday nights for the